0: me to be here. Because um, without him, I don't think I'd be anywhere. I want to thank uh, Apostle Larry and Pastor uh, Brenda Manley just for opening up the the, the church and allowing us to, to come up here and uh, preach what God has put in our heart. Um Like she said, we're from uh, Denver, Colorado. Um, we've been here maybe about 10 months, 11 months now. And God's just, he's doing a work in us that If you would have told me 10 years ago that I was going to be here, I would have laughed at you and um, I I wouldn't expect to to be here. But this is something that that I've never done before. I've never really preached live like we're going live. So if I'm a little bit nervous, it's because it's my first time. So with that in mind, I'm just going to ask you just to pray with me. And we're just going to invite the spirit of the Lord just to, to take control. Father, we come before you this morning and we give you honor and glory. We thank you, Jesus, for everything that you do and everything that you are, Father. Lord, I just pray, Father God, that you would set me aside, that you would set Reuben aside, Father God, that you would set my flesh aside, Lord, and that it would be you who preaches, Father God, that it would be you who gives me words of life, words of heaven, words to preach, words to teach, that it would be your spirit, Father God, who preaches and teaches today. Father God, I just thank you. I ask that you bless the readers and the doers of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Give God a hand clap. Amen. He's good, and he's 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 so wonderful. I can't I can't thank him for the many things that he's done. Um, when uh, God first called us to the ministry, we were we were we didn't know what we were doing. We were just fresh. And we didn't know. I didn't really much know that much about the word of God. I didn't really know that much about running the church. I didn't know that much about doing anything in the church. I didn't know how to preach, how to teach. But one thing I did know is I know I knew that God was real. I knew that it was him and it was his spirit that was going to guide me. I knew that he was the one who was going to just move me and take me where he wanted me to go and do what he wanted me to do. But one of the things, like I said earlier, I didn't expect that he would take me out of a city that I grew up in from family that I had all around me. I didn't think he would just take me out of there and then plant me somewhere else. But. He can do what he wants, when he wants, where he wants it, and how he wants it, because he's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, and everything comes from him, everything is him, everything from the heavens to the earth, everything in between he created it, so he could do what he wants with it. Am I correct? Or am I the only one that feels that way? Because, you know what, sometimes when I try to kick against the gold, when I try to say no, he says yes. And he says, you need to do it, and you need to go where I'm sending you. So me being here today is a testament that, man, we need to be obedient to the word of God. So when I was asked to, to come here today, when I was asked to, to preach today, I, I asked the Lord to give me a word for his people, to give me a word for, for his people that would just move them and would touch them. So he right away sent me to the book of Acts. And if you can open your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 19. So we pastor a church in Denver, Colorado, and it's called In the Beginning Christian Church. And I would like to just thank everybody from In the Beginning Christian Church. I don't know if they're watching, but I would like to thank them for their support and their prayers because they've always been there for us. But the book of Acts chapter 3 verse 19, and it reads like this, if you could read it with me, it says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that Times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. It says, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. When God gave me this scripture, I looked at it, and I saw a couple of key words on there. I saw three key words. The first one I saw was repent. The second one I saw was converted. And the third one I saw was refreshing. See, when you repent, that means that that's the act of turning away from sin and coming to God. And when you convert, that means that you're turning away, that, that, that a sinner is turning from the, the, the ways of the world, and he's turning to God, and he's following God. But one thing that I learned early in my ministry is I used to tell people, you know what you need to do is you need to do a, a 360 when you come to God. You need to totally turn around and do a 360. But then I stopped and I looked at that. I said, if you do a 360, you end up right where you started. You, you, you turn away from sin and you turn away from it and then you stare at it again. And I said, man, that, that, that's not right. If God wants me to to repent and convert, then he wants me to totally do just a 180. And sin stays back there, and I'm going forward, and I'm going to where God has for me. So you do a 180. So when he says repent and convert, he says forget about the things of your past, and I want you to look forward to me. See, God wants you to look forward to him. But then in the scripture, it also says times of refreshing. Times are refreshing. One thing that I've learned coming here to South Carolina is that it is hot. Man, it is hot. It is hot. I work with asphalt. We work outside. And one thing that, I, that, that I've never experienced in my life is my knees were sweating. My knees have never sweat in my entire life. But once I started working here in the elements out here in South Carolina, my, my pants right here were just wet. And you just get like this. You, as soon as you walk out to the door, the heat just hits you. And it knocks you down. See, in Colorado, we're not used to that. In Colorado, it's a dry heat. But the only thing that does hit you is, is in the wintertime. You go out and you open your door. And that first breath of air in the winter, it just freezes all your insides. But it's good. It wakes you up. Here in South Carolina... Throughout the whole year, you go out and that heat just hits you right in the face. And I feel like like that's how God should hit us. It should just overwhelm us. It should just, as soon as you open the Bible, it should just hit you right in your face and it should work. So the, the word of God here is saying that we need to be refreshed. So if you repent and you convert, then you need to be refreshed. And it says that you're going to get refreshed not just one time, but it says times, more than once. So there's going to come more than one refreshing once you repent and you convert. There's going to be more than one time where God is going to refresh you. But see, I was thinking about this. See, in, 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 in biblical times, in, in the Middle Eastern heat, people would walk everywhere. We don't do that that much. We don't walk everywhere because we all have a vehicle and it has air conditioner in it and we go everywhere. And then if you, your air conditioner breaks down, you give that car to your to your husband so he can drive it, and then your wife drives the car with the air conditioner. That's my current situation right now. And and, and so everywhere they walked, everywhere, and, and 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 it's dusty. They were wearing sandals. They were going everywhere. So what happened is when you went to where you were getting, if you were going to go visit somebody, they would wait when you would walk in. There would be a, a basin with water so you can. Wash your hands and wash your feet. And then after that, there would be an anointing oil of sweet aroma so you can wash your hands and your feet with that. I don't know about you, brother, but if my dogs are sweaty and my feet are dirty, I'm pretty sure you don't want to see me take my boots off and wash them right in front of you because they're going to smell. So, see, th- these people were walking everywhere. They would walk into somebody's house, and then they would, they would wash their feet, and they would anoint them with this fresh oil. And it smelled nice. It smelled good. It was a good aroma. See, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do with us. He wants to anoint us. He wants to refresh us. He wants us to be revived. When you refresh something, how many of you have a cell phone in here? Everybody's hand should be up. You guys have a cell phone, and sometimes in the middle of a night of the night, it'll tell you you need to update it, you need to refresh it, and if you don't do it, then your phone's not going to work the way it should work, and you refresh it. See, the Holy Spirit wants to refresh you daily. The Holy Spirit wants to give you that recovery of breath. It wants to give you a cooling. It wants to give you that refreshing of your heart. It wants to take you away from the heat of the world, from the elements of the world, from all the the bad stuff that's going on right now in the world. There's a lot of people in El Paso that are having a hard time. A lot of people in Ohio that are struggling. A lot of people that have been going through some tragedies that we shouldn't need to go through. See, if we all understood the refreshing of the spirit of God, when I was reading the scripture, when I was reading in the book of Acts, um, God took me to, to a story in, in in second Kings chapter four. And, it, and it's a story that starts in, in, in verse eight. And it talks about the, the shu, uh, Shunammite woman. It talks about this this woman. And, and in, uh, in, in verse, uh, I'm sorry, second Kings chapter four, verse eight, it says this. Now, it happened one day that Elijah went to Shunem where there was a noble woman and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. So here we see Elijah. He's walking by. And this woman and it says it's a notable woman. Persuades him to stay and eat. Well, if Elijah was anything like me, I don't think he needs any persuasion to eat. (laughs) He's just going to eat. You know, and but what I looked at on here is that it says that she was a a notable woman. She was notable. I thought about that. That means that she was worthy of attention. That means that this lady, she was famous or she was somewhat important in her city. I think about that. And I think about us. Are we notable? Are we worthy? Are we famous? Then I said, Lord, we are. Because the Word of God says that we're the apple of His eye. It says that that what matter of love the Father has to bestow on us, that we should be called children of God. See, you're notable, you're famous. You're famous in God's eyes. You're notable in the kingdom of heaven because you're an heir to the kingdom. See, we're heirs to the kingdom, so we're important. We're notable. We're just like this woman. We're just like this notable woman. We're a notable nation. We're a notable kingdom. God knows who you are and what you're worth is and what he's going to do with you. He knows who you are and what you're worth is. That should mean something to you. See, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what, 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 what's been happening in your life, but I do know that God wants you to know that you're special. Not any, You're not no ordinary person. You're special in God's eyes. See, the world might tell you that you're nothing, but God says you're something. See, at your job, they might think that you're not a good employee, you're not a good worker, but God says you work for me. God says do everything unto the Lord. You do it unto him, and you're doing it the best that you can because you're doing it for the kingdom of heaven. See, your wife, your spouse, they might tell you that you're not worthy, but to God you are. You're his bride, and he's coming back for you. You're his bride, and he's coming for you. You're important to him. And if anything else, if anybody tells you that you're not important, just know that I think you're important. You mean something to me. You mean a lot to me. You know why? Because we're, we're co-heirs. We're fellow brethren. We, we have the same father. Me and you, were are brothers and sisters. We're the same. We might look different. Some of us might be, you know, in good shape like me. And some of us might not be. But you know what? On the inside, we're the same. Because we serve the same God. The same blood that was shed for me is the same blood that was shed for you. So we serve an awesome God. So not only that, but you're, you're notable. You're so, you're so notable. You're, 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 you're more than what you think you are. Sometimes when we're young, we let the world influence us. Sometimes when we're young, we let people uh, that are f- famous people on the TV, we let them influence us. And we believe that we're not at the status that we need to be. We we believe that we need to have a certain amount of likes. We believe that, you know, we need to be Facebook famous. We believe that we need to have more than what we are. But I want you to know that the only one that you need to be noticed by is by God. He's the only one you should look to get a a praise from is from him. Not from anybody else, just from God. Because God sees you. He notices you. He says, you're the apple of his eye. He says, we're children of God, of the most high. We're children of him. Now, she said that she persuaded him to eat as often as he passed by. He would turn in there to eat some food. So this lets me know that Elijah was coming by her house a lot, but he wasn't staying. He would just come by and eat and then he would leave. He would come by and eat and then he would leave. He was just there for a moment. See, I did that at the beginning when I first came to know God. I would just let him come in for a little bit, and then I would let him leave. See, I would let him come in with me and eat with me, and then I would send him on his way. Because I just needed him for a little bit while I was having hard times. I would just, Jesus, come by and eat with me. And sometimes I would say, oh, baby Jesus, I would take him back to his, his smaller form. But I know that he's not small. I know he's a big God and he can help me with any problem that I have because my problems, there's no big of a problem that I have that he cannot handle. See, and that's a problem that we have is we don't have enough time for God. We don't have enough time for the Holy Spirit. We don't have enough time. All we want to do is we just want to treat them just like uh, my my dad is real famous for telling me this. My dad says that we as Christians, we have a, a microwave salvation. We want to throw it in the microwave, beep, beep, and then boom, get our results quick and then move on. But see, God doesn't work that way. See, God loves you. God wants you to pursue him. He doesn't just want to go out to dinner with you. See, when I first met my wife, I used to pick her up and take her out to dinner, but then I would take her home, and I, and I still wanted to spend more time with her. See, that's what God wants. He wants you to pursue him. That's what the Holy Spirit wants, but we, as a people, we just tend just to, just to have him for a little bit and then send him on by. See, the Holy Spirit, we have no room for him. For him in our lives, we are too busy. He can visit but he can't stay. He can visit but he can't stay. And for me, man, I used to do that. I said, "Lord, you can visit me, but you can't stay." See, but if I want that refreshing that the book of Acts talks about, if I want to keep getting that refreshing, then I need to let him stay inside my house. I need to let him come in. Now, I, as I kept on reading, I looked at verse 9, 2 uh, uh, Kings chapter 4 verse 9, and it said like this, and she said to her husband, Look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Um, earlier, Pastor Brenda said that you could just see the love of somebody that when they have Christ in them. You could see it. Well, we can, you, you can feel the love of Christ from somebody else. Just like you can feel somebody has that spirit of God, you can also feel when somebody doesn't have the spirit of God. You can also feel when somebody is real and when somebody is phony. You can feel it. You can literally you can literally tell we all have that one friend that will tell us that story that's way out there. And you're thinking to yourself, that ain't right. That didn't happen. No you did not jump off a 3 story building and lived <laughs> it, 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 without a scratch on you. There's there's people that would just you could you could just see it. You could, sometimes you, you you even heard it. I can smell the lies. You can smell them coming a mile away. You can see them coming a mile away. See, now, God will tell you when it's real and when it's not real. And see, you'll know that you know because you'll know. And see, and this woman knew. She knew that he was a man of God and he would pass by here all the time, pass by her house all the time. And she told her husband, she said, And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us. Me being a husband, I'd be like, woman, really? (laughs) Most of us as men were like, do you you really think he's a man of God? Are you sure? He's not deceiving you. He's not being, he's not lying to you. But that's how we are. We want to doubt right away. We want to doubt somebody's credibilities right away because we don't, we don't know who they are. So as I kept on reading In verse 10, she persuades her husband. She says, please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. Now, me being a man, I'm thinking she wants me to work. She's going to put me to work. She wants me to build a house for him. She wants me to build a a room for him. She wants me to get a bed, a table, a chair, and a lampstand. For me, as a man, I'm thinking, man, this is extra work that I have to do. I've been working all day. Now you want me to do this? But look at the way how she asked him. Verse 10. She said, please. And then she said, let us. She didn't tell him, please build him a house. She said, please let us. So she was including him in it. Now, for me, it's important that I understand this. Um, It's a woman telling a man, please let us. So she wants the blessing to come upon the house as them as a couple. And she's telling him that he's the head of the household. But I don't want you to misunderstand that. I want you to understand that if you're a single mother, then you are the head of that household. And that's why it's talking about a woman here. She's saying, please let us. She's inviting everybody in her house to build this room for this man of God. Now, it was a custom that they would build a room on top of the uh, the roof. So in order to get up there, they needed to put a ladder to get up to the top of the roof. So here we are. He's got to build these four walls with the window and the door. And when that uh, room is built, he has to also put a bed a table, a chair and a lampstand. Now that's going to take a while to, I don't know if anybody's ever torn down a wall or, or build a, a four walls up, but it, it takes them, and It's not real easy. It's not an easy task to do. So this is going to take a little bit. It's going to take a while. So I can, I can imagine that in me, and this is me just thinking, I can imagine that when they were building this, there had to have been some kind of fighting and some kind of complaining. Well, why do we have to build this room for him? Well, why does he get that kind of bed? Well, why do I have to buy him that table? Well, why do I have to buy him that lampstand? See, this is a way of God bringing the family together. See, when you build something together, it brings you together. See, and and I don't know what your situation is, and I don't know where the house of God is. I don't know what your situation at home is. I don't know what the situation in your church is, but I believe that God wants you to build something together. God wants you to build his church together. God wants the head of the house to come together and build something. I don't know where you're at, and I don't know who this is for, but God wants you to build something. He wants you to build it, and it's going to take time. It's not just going to come from one day to the other, but you need to construct those walls. And whatever it takes, whatever materials you need to make those walls, you need to make that. Whatever materials it takes for you to make that door, then you need to make it together as a family. As a house of God, you need to make it together. I don't know who this is for, but I know God is going to give you revival today. I know God is going to wake you up. He's going to freshen you up. And I don't know who this is for, but you need to build that house. See, some of you are thinking, man, it's it's a physical house, a physical room that he wants us to build. You know, the word of God says that when we pray, we should go into our, our room, close the door and look for that secret place and pray. And I never understood that. I never understood about finding that secret place because once God pulled me out of here to South Carolina, I was no longer in in an area that I knew in Denver, Colorado. And I used to want to look for the presence of the Lord and I couldn't find it. and I couldn't find it. And he reminded me, he said, seek me in my in your secret place where we meet all the time. And my secret place was in our church on the floor. And he said, seek me. Am I in your secret place, the secret place that you and I have? And I would just get down on my knees and close my eyes, and I would picture myself in front of the church, in front of the the pulpit, by the carpet. And then I saw the drums on the left. I saw the piano on the right. I saw a speaker in the back, and that was the place where God wanted me to be at. I would lay on the floor, and I would look up, and I would see the tiles on the floor, how, how they were dirty, and that is the place where he wanted me to be at. See, God wants you to build that secret place. That's what's going on here with this woman and her husband. She's she's telling him, let's come together, she says, let's come together and, and let us make a small upper room on the wall. And let us put a bed, a table, a chair, and a lampstand. And I don't find that to be a coincidence that he wants there to be a bed. I don't find that a coincidence that there needs to be a table, a chair, and a lampstand. It's, it's symbolic. See, the bed is so you can rest in the Lord. Amen. So you can rest in the Lord. Mm-hmm. The table and the chair is so you can sit there and eat the word of God. Amen. The lampstand is so you can have those late nights with God. So that flame can stay burning and burning and burning for the desire that you have to seek him. Seek him day and night, day and night, day and night. You need to seek him. But most of us, we just look for a little bit and we stop. See, God wants you to seek him and look for him and you'll find him. But you got to seriously look for him. Not just once, but look for him. If you lost your phone, you would go crazy until you found that phone. But if you lose the presence of the Lord, you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, well, it'll come back. It'll go around full circle. It'll make its way back. You think you're going to say that about your phone? Yeah, it'll come back. I'll just call it. I'll hear it. It'll come back. How are you calling the Lord? How are you calling the Spirit of God? Now, I saw this. See, we need to make room for God in our hearts. Do we make that room for him? Do we make that space for him in our hearts? Do we make that room for him when we, when we need him, even in our good times and our bad times? See, the majority of the time, we'll look for him in our bad times. But are we looking for him after when we're in victory? Are we still looking for him? Or do we just let him go? We're having a bad time. I'm looking for you, Lord. I need you. I need you. And then he blesses you. And then you stop. And you just let the spirit just stay idle. And then it'll go down. You need to keep that flame burning. That's why that lampstand is in that room. That flame needs to burn. It needs to constantly be burning. You need to constantly look for the Lord. You need to continue to look for him day and night and not stop. You need to look for his spirit. One thing that I've learned is that if I stop seeking him, then I I grow cold. My spirit grows cold. See, we're all made the same way. We all have the spirit of God. You have him. He's in your heart right now. The Holy Spirit is here right now. He's in your heart wherever you go. The scripture that says that where two or more are gathered, he, there he will be. But what about when you're by yourself? You think he's not there with you? You think he's not there presence with you? You think his presence is not there? I used to tell everybody, well, yeah, it's me, myself, and I. So there's three of us and the Holy Spirit, but it's you and the Holy Spirit So where two or more are gathered, there he will be. And you're there, and he's there with you. And you're there in his presence no matter where you go. It could be day, it could be night, but his presence is there. And we need to continue to seek his presence. I used to just wake up and put on the armor of God and then go. But I would never really invite the Holy Spirit to walk with me. I would never say, Holy Spirit, walk with me. Holy Spirit, be in my car with me. Holy Spirit, be at work with me. Holy Spirit, Go to the store with me. Holy Spirit, help me in my job. See, we need to invite him. He wants to be included in everything that you do. My wife wants to be included in everything that I do. My wife wants to know what I'm doing. She wants to know where I'm at, where I've been. Just like my mom, she's wanting to know where I'm at, where i am been, where I'm going. And that would get kind of annoying to me. It's like, really, Mom? And then sometimes my wife, when we first got married, she would ask me all those questions. And I would kind of felt like it was still my mom. But... See, the Holy Spirit wants to do the same thing, too. The Holy Spirit wants to be with you, wants to have that communion with you, wants to have that walk. He wants you to to ask for him. And when you do, he refreshes you day in and day out. Every hour, every minute, every second, he's refreshing you. But you got to seek him. If you don't seek him, if you don't look for him, then he's just going to stay there waiting for you. He's going to wait for you to ask him. He's going to wait for you to be like, okay, all right, what do you want? What are you looking for? Now it says the the, the scriptures go on to say that they they build a house, they build a room, and then uh, Elijah stood in the room, and he was he was in the room, he was staying in the room, and you know the, the, he was getting fed, and then he had his, his servant with him, his assistant with him, and you know there were, there, were, there were every time he'd come by, he would stay there and he would stay there, and then uh, Elijah was like, man, we've well, been here. And we've been staying here, and she's been so hospitable to us. Let's go find out what she needs. Is there anything that she needs? So he sends his assistant to ask her. And the assistant's like, so, you know, Elijah wants to know if you need something. And she's like, I don't need anything. I'm fine. She said, I, I, you know, I do well amongst my people. Because she was a, a notable woman. She said, I'm fine. I don't need anything. I'm okay. And see, and, and most of us, that's what, that's what we're like. God will ask you what you need, and you say, "Lord, I'm fine. I'm okay," and that's okay. You can say, "Lord, I'm fine. I'm okay." You know, God wants wants to hear you ask Him. But one thing that Elijah and his and his assistant noticed is that she didn't have no kids. Like, he he doesn't have any children. and She doesn't have a son. So and he's like, so Elijah said, "We'll call her back up here. I I, I want to speak to her." So he calls her back, and he and he and he pretty much tells her. He says, "Look." I understand you don't want anything, but I know you don't have a son. So in a year's time from now, you're going to have a son. And this is what she said, verse 16, Second Kings chapter 4, verse 16. And it says like this. Then he said about this, he, and this is Elijah talking to her. He said, and then he said about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. See, God knows your needs and he'll go beyond your needs. Here's a woman that was barren and, and, and she, she never had a son, but she wanted to have a son. And her, her husband was older and she never said nothing. But Elijah said, in a, in, in a time, in a year's time, you will conceive a son. And she said, well, don't promise me something if you're not going to give it to me. Don't lie to me if you're not going to do it. Have you ever complained to God that way? God don't say you're going to do something and not do it. When we first came to God, when, when, when my, we started going to church, I remember my mom would always bug my wife, go to church, go to church, let's go to church. And my wife would tell me, let's go to church. And I would say, no, I don't want to go. And, and I would tell her, ask me when I'm not drinking. So she said, okay. So then she would wait the next morning and she'd say, let's go to church, let's go to church. And then I'd tell her, well, ask me when I'm not hanging over. And then she says, well, when am I supposed to ask you? Because you're either drunk or you're hung over. So when am I supposed to ask you that we're supposed to go to church? So finally, I decided to say, okay, well, I'm going to go. But I didn't want to go because I already knew that if I went, God was going to do something. And I didn't want to get my hopes up. I, I was just like this woman was. Don't lie to me. Don't tell me you're going to give me something and then I'm not going to get it. Don't lie to me and say that I'm not going to get it. And see, and here's where the refreshing comes. Here's where the refreshing comes because God knew her needs and he used the prophet. He used Elijah to to, to tell her what her needs are and what she needs. And he said, in a year's time, you're going to have a son in a year's time, in the time, in the perfect time. And see, God has a timing for everything. God has a perfect timing. The moment that that he created you, he had a perfect moment, a perfect time when you were going to have a divine encounter with him. See, Paul, he was dangerous. He was killing Christians everywhere. But God made that perfect time when he was on his horse on the road to Damascus and he knocked him down. And that's when Paul had his divine encounter with God. I don't know when your divine encounter with God was. But I do know that God knocked me down off of my high horse. I know that he knocked me down so hard that I couldn't get back up. I know that he knocked me down, and the only thing that I needed to do was to reach up for him. See, he didn't blind me like he did Paul. See, he did that to Paul because he didn't want Paul to see everything that was happening around him so he could see more Christians that he can attack. He wanted him to to to, 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 to just, just to trust in God and his vision. See, and that's what God wants to do to some of us. He wants to blind us so we can trust in him. So we can only see him and nothing else. But we fight that. See, and here's where the miracle comes in verse 17, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 17. It says, but the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come, of which Elijah had told her. She conceived at the appointed time. See, I don't know what, what's going on with you. I, I don't know what God has for you. But I know that he has an appointed time when you're going to conceive of that blessing. That blessing is is going to grow right right now. the Holy Spirit will impregnate you and 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 something is going on in your life and you don't know when it's going to come to life. May take a year, may take two years, may take a day, may take three days, may take a week, may take two weeks. But God has an appointed time for that. See, a child is born, what, uh, nine months? But what happens in the mother's womb? There's a lot of stuff that's going on. There's a lot of things that are going on, a lot of bone, a lot of tissue, a lot of nerve, a lot lot of everything that that is going on in the stomach. And, And it takes a while for that baby to grow. It needs nutrients. The mom has to be taking care of herself right in order for that baby to grow right. See, you're impregnated right now with the Holy Spirit, and he wants you to take care of that. See, me as a man, when I, look, when, I, when I say that and I think that, impregnated by the Holy Spirit, some of us doubt. We doubt the Spirit of God. We doubt it. Straight up. I was a doubter. I'm not going to lie to you. I was a doubter. I doubted a lot. of. I'm, sometimes I doubt the things that he tells me to do now. And I'm like, really, Lord? Is that what you want me to do? But I'm human. I, I, I was, I'm human. I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect. There's only one person that's perfect, and that's God. And I'm not him. See a lot of people we like to put a lot of people we like to put our faith in, in pastors and I did that when I first started. I put faith in my pastor and he let me down. He let me down hard. He let me and my wife down hard. But I still love the man. But he laid us down hard. And it was it, it was because I really wasn't searching god i was trusting in the man i wasn't trusting in god and that's what the center of the bible says psalms 118 psalms 118 it says it is better to trust in the lord than to trust in man and that's what i want to do is i just want to trust in god and i want to trust in the word and see when we came here to south carolina a lot of people thought that we were that we were acting crazy well, why you want to do that why you want to leave the church behind we still have our church in denver colorado But God God has moved us to different churches and different areas here in Greenville. We've met so many people, so many wonderful people of God. And the spirit of God is the one who has been leading us. See, before before I came here, I wasn't as sensitive to the spirit of God, to his Holy Spirit, as I am now. And it took him taking me out of my comfort zone. (laughs) He had to literally take me out of my comfort zone And put me somewhere where I wasn't comfortable. And he might be doing that with you. He might be doing that with you. Now, this woman conceived at the appointed time. You're going to conceive at the appointed time. Your blessing is growing right now. And, And if that word was for you that you need to build that house, build it. Take your time building it. Don't rush it. Take your time building it, because if you rush it, then it's not going to be what God wants it to be. It's not going to be what God wants it to be. And he He has so many wonderful things for you. He has so many beautiful things for you. I just I'm so excited that God has brought us here to South Carolina. I'm so excited that we get to meet so many new people, so many different faces, so many people of God and so many people that just have embraced us. Um, When people say like like, uh, Pastor Brenda said that you could just see the love of God in him. You could see the spirit of God that humbles me because it has nothing to do with me. It's not me at all. If you would have met me 10 years ago, you would have said this ain't the same guy. This is not the same guy. It's not him. And there's a lot of things that I used to do that I don't do now. And I'm I'm, I'm a testament, I'm a testament of of prayer. I say, I always say, I'm a product of prayer. My mother and my father, they prayed for me day in and day out. And because of their prayers, we're here. Because of their prayers, I'm here. Because of their prayers, we're serving the Lord. And I give all honor and all glory to him. But like I said, I don't know what you're going through, but I I am going to ask you to stand up. And all I want to do is I just want to pray in general. And if if there's anything that's bothering you, if there's anything that's in your heart that you just want to give up to the Lord, I would just ask that you would just put that in your heart so we could give it up to him so you could give it up to him. So you can leave whatever it is that is bothering you so you could just leave it at this altar and leave it to him because he's the one who's going to take care of it. Now, I always ask if if you haven't received Christ and you want to receive him right now is the time to receive him. If you've never said the the prayer of salvation, then right now is that time. If you feel like you need to come to God right now is that opportunity for for you to start that relationship with him and i 'll tell you this it 's a beautiful relationship it 's something that you will not regret it 's something that you 'll say man why didn 't I come earlier? Why did it take me so long to do this? Why did it take me so long to accept christ but Right there where you're standing, right there where you're watching, right there where you're at, I just want you to have faith with me. And if something is is bothering you, if you're sick, if you're having financial problems, if you're having marital problems, if you're having problems with your children, I know last week... um, A lot of kids started school, and I know this coming week there's a lot of kids that are going to start school. Put your kids on your mind also. Put the the schools that are in your community on your mind also because they they need prayer. Put the teachers in your mind because they need God too. We all just need to remember our children. If there's something that you're struggling with, an addiction, then put that on your heart too because God's going to change that. God's going to make that go away, but you have to have faith. If you don't have faith... Then it, it, that's between you and him. I can't. I can't help you. It's between you and him. So have faith with me, Father God. We come before you today, and we we'll give you all honor and all glory, Lord. We thank you, thank you, Father God, for the sacrifice that you made on the cross, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that you found me when you did. Oh, Father God, we just come before your presence, Lord, and we just ask. For help, Father God, I ask, Lord, for those who have an addiction, Father God, that you would take it away, Father, that you would take that taste from their mouth, that you would take that taste from their body, Lord, that they would no longer crave that, Father God, that they would no longer want that, Lord Jesus. Father God, if somebody is sick, I pray for healing. Father God, I pray that your healing power would just fall upon them, Lord, and that they would be healed. That it would be your will, Father God, that it would be your will that you heal him, Father God. If somebody is struggling financially, Lord, I pray that you would just put their finances in the right place where they need to be, Father God. If somebody doesn't have a job, I pray for employment for them, Lord. Father God, I just pray for the nation right now, Father. Oh, Father God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just protect us, Father. Lord Jesus, we are your children, Lord, and as our children go back to school, Father God, I pray for a covering upon our children, Lord, upon every school, Father God. I cover every school with the precious blood of Jesus. Father God, that the leaders and the teachers, the principals, the security that's in these 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 schools, Father God, that you would be with them, Father God, that you, Father God, would protect them and guide them, Lord. Oh, Father God, I just pray, Father God, for our nation, Father God, for those that are far away, Father God, for those who are in a different state, for those who are in a different country. Father God, those who need you, Father God, that they would find you, that you would be that light at the end of the tunnel. Father God, you would be that bright light that would just bring us to you, Lord. Oh, Father God, every lost person, you'll find them. Everybody that needs you, you're there for them. Just know, Father God, that we love you and we place everything in your hands. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Give God a hand clap. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And uh, with that said, I'm going to invite uh, Pastor Brenda to come back up here. And I just, I, I thank God and I thank you for allowing me to come up here and just speak of what God has put in my heart. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: I don't know about y'all, but I needed that. Amen. Amen. I don't need that time of refreshing. (laughs) I had to do some repenting, converting, and then I need to be refreshed continuously. And that was just so much encouragement in the word of God. Pastor Ruben, we just thank and praise God for your allowing the Holy Spirit to use you to share uh, your testimony and to pray for the church family. And all those in the school kids, I just thank and praise God for that because that's needed. Amen. With everything that's going on in the world, you know, our children need to be covered. And I thank and praise God for the blood of Jesus Christ. So we're just excited about that. We're thankful for the word. And just allow that word to to rest in your spirit because it was able to identify. We was able to identify with that Shunammite woman. And see, her blessing came. And, you know, she was being nice to someone. And you know how we are these days. We don't like to really want to be nice. You know what I'm saying?